Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today, I want to talk about healing, what it is and what it isn't, and how how we know that we have not healed, perhaps. And one of the most typical ways that we become aware of this is how we're able to show up in new relationships. So join me as we talk about this today. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. There's often a lot of conversation about when you are ready to go into a new relationship, for example, or, you know, how to to know if you're ready. Um, I think sometimes maybe we should even ask ourselves, how do we notice that we're not? Um, But the reality is that when a marriage ends, most of us have a desire to get back into a relationship again um, at some point. We are afraid, however. We're afraid of getting hurt. We're afraid of meeting someone who's going to do what our ex did, um, whether that was to lie or be abusive in their behavior, um, addicted to some kind of a substance or who knows what. You know, we've all been through a lot. When you've been through a divorce, you've put your heart in the ringer. Like you've really punched it out and it has experienced everything from the joy of being in love with this person to the devastation of losing this person for whatever reason. No matter what the reason is, it's hard. And so then as you're going to go into a new relationship, there's a fear, a fear of being hurt or betrayed again or any of those things of losing yourself again. If you felt you lost yourself, that was one of my fears was I realized I completely lost myself in the role of being a wife and a mother And I really had no idea who I was anymore, you know, to the point where I would introduce myself to people as I'm so-and-so's mom or I'm his wife, um, where I I sometimes would actually not even say my name. So, you know, when we lose our identity into a relationship like that, that was my fear was to never again lose myself. And I think I believed fundamentally that if I could hold on to myself, then I also would not tolerate other behaviors, um, you know, like betrayal and and abuse and things like that. Because if I was always aware of me and how I was in that relationship, then that is a way to to protect and to notice when these things are happening, to stand up for yourself, set boundaries and all of those things. But I want to get into all of that. But first, you know me, what is the definition of healing. So the Oxford Dictionary defines healing as the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. And this could be physically, you know, your body, you've broken a bone or you've injured some part of your body. So it's about becoming 
whole or feeling healed and healthy and strong again. But the same thing applies for healing our heart and our emotions. Now, I talked about this in my Facebook group the other day, which is really what inspired me to make this into a full episode because I could tell that it really resonated with everyone when I said that healing is not the same as being in pain, obviously. And we have to separate the two. That's the key to healing, in my opinion anyway. Because there's one, when we're existing in pain, we are not healing, we're living in the pain. When we're in the process of healing, we might still experience some of the pain when we look back and when we get, you know, immerse ourselves in the things that happened. But the act of healing is letting go of the past. I don't believe you can do the two at the same time. It would be kind of like trying to drive forwards and backwards at the same time or you know, trying to do two opposite things at the same time. You cannot live in pain at the same time as you are working towards healing. Now, some of you might already be pushing back and saying, but you have to go through the grief and the pain. Yes, you do. So I think the journey of healing involves understanding the pain, which means that you have to spend some time there to do that. But then you have to be willing to look away from it. So if you want to heal from something like divorce, which is you know primarily what we'll talk about today, but I want you to know that you can apply this healing to, you know, to anything in your life, really, whether you're healing from um, a loss of a friend, perhaps a death to, of someone close to you, um, or even, you know, healing from losing a job or something like that, too. You know, like, there's a lot of things in our lives that cause us pain. People hurt our feelings. Um, it can even be the letting go of a stage in life. And I'll get back to that a little bit later. I just realized that that's a great way to, to show this to you. But before I get into some examples, what is really key for you to understand as we go forward in this episode is that it is what you focus on that you're working on. If you are spending your days thinking about whatever it is that has caused this emotional pain in you, then that's what you focus on and that's what grows. What you focus on grows. Where energy goes, energy flows. Like you've heard all these sayings, but there's truth to this. When you are living in pain, let's say divorce pain, you're talking about it with your friends, you're thinking about it all day. Whenever there's a quiet moment there, you find yourself thinking about what is your ex doing or why did they do this to you or you know whatever it may be. But you, your thoughts go to the past to the pain. In order for you to think about the pain and focus on the pain, you have to go to the past because that's where the pain happened. In order to heal, you have to turn your gaze forward. You have to look at where you want to be. So the act of healing, remember, is becoming whole again. It's about feeling healthy and good. That's healing. We cannot start feeling good while we're thinking about the things that caused us so much pain and heartache in the first place. So the very first step of healing, the very first step that you can take, and it doesn't all happen in a day, by the way, or in a moment. It happens in stages. It happens every time you make a decision, and it might be 18 times a day in the beginning, and then you, know, you realize that it's easier and easier to keep your focus on the healing. But the first thing you have to do is remind yourself I'm not going to think about the pain right now. I'm going to think about something I can do to heal. 
Now, the strategies for healing, I talk about that a lot on this podcast. And there are things like, you know, self-care and journaling and meditating and, and spending time with people who left you and going to therapy and having a coach and all of, all of those beautiful things. But I think you know a lot of the strategies. What I really want to talk about today is the mindset that moves you towards healing, that moves you away from the, yeah, but you don't understand, Elizabeth, I'm, this hurts so bad, or what happened to me was really bad, or you don't know what my ex did, they did these 18 awful things. I do understand. I know it's horrible. I've been through those 18 things, okay? It's all been done over here. But I made a decision. One day, I made a decision. It was literally one day. I woke up in the morning and decided I was spending too much time in the pain. All I was doing was thinking about the past or thinking about what he was doing, why he was doing what he was doing, why he was choosing to hurt me, why he was being difficult in the divorce proceedings. Still, all about him and all about the past. What I was not thinking about was, how do I feel better? How can I stop thinking like this all the time? It didn't even occur to me to think about those things. I blamed everything that hurt in my life on him. Everything was his fault. Everything was his fault because he had cheated, because he had been cruel, because he was being difficult, because he wasn't showing up for the kids. You know, it's impossible to heal when they're still living in the house, when they're hurting the kids, when they're causing, you know, legal and financial issues for you. No, it's not. No, it's not. You need to change the narrative. You change it from, I can't possibly heal while this is going on, to, I'm going to leave that on the side. I understand this is still happening in my life, the pain, the difficulty. But today, or even just right now, or for the next five minutes, I choose to work on my healing. I'm going to focus on my healing. You know, one of the ways that you can catch yourself and realize if you're working for yourself and for your healing, or if you're working against yourself and on your pain, is how many times a day do you say to yourself, I want to think about something that makes me feel good right now. I'm going to go and do something that will make me feel happy. I'm going to go and make plans to spend time with people this weekend that I know will make me feel better. I'm going to hire a coach so that I can learn how to heal myself better and faster. I am going to do the work on my healing. How often, how many times a day do you think about your healing, make plans for your healing, dedicate time to your healing versus how much time and energy is spent thinking about the pain? I'll let that one sit with you for just a moment because I know as I'm saying this, you're thinking, oh shit, yeah, I think about the pain a lot. And why does that happen? Well, it's not because we're suckers for punishment, by the way, and it's not because there's anything wrong with you or because of any other negative thing you might be telling yourself right now. So stop that. It is our ego. So when something bad happens, like a divorce or a a tear in a relationship that is close to us and important to us, we, we go into panic, we go into despair, we go into anxiety, we go into fight or flight mode. 
And when we're in that place, all our ego is thinking about is get back to where you were so that we can feel normal again, even if where you were was not good. So let's say you had a marriage that wasn't great. You know, things were things were difficult for whatever reason. This break has now happened, whether it's because someone had an affair or because you said you've had enough or whatever. It doesn't really matter. This, the, the individual circumstances are is not what matters here. It is saying to yourself, it's okay. I don't want to go back to the old and safe that I know. Safe because you know it and you know how to do that. I want to risk something new. I want to step into whoever I'm going to become as a result of this relationship ending. That feels very scary for our ego. You're stepping into territory that you don't know. You've never done this before. You've never healed from this relationship before. You have not maybe been alone, like meaning not with a a partner for years or possibly decades. There's so much new that your body or your brain rather goes into hyperdrive of like, oh my God, this has changed. We don't like that. Get back to where you were. And so it will constantly remind you of how awful it is to not be where you used to be. So it constantly reminds you to go back or to long for the past or to wonder about the past or to agonize over the past. It's trying to get you to go back. Don't. It's not, it might not even be an option for you. It might be something that you think you want, okay, because of exactly what I just said. But even in those moments, even if you feel unconvinced by what I just told you, just remember this. Change is uncomfortable for all of us, and our ego doesn't like it. So we go into fight or flight, and fight or flight is all about putting you in a safe place. And even though your marriage wasn't good, maybe wasn't happy or wasn't great or wasn't perfect or any of those things, it felt safer because you know how to do it. You did it, right? You were able to function in that place. Your brain or your ego does not know if you're capable of functioning in a healed new space. Well, let me be the one to tell you that you are. And I think as you're listening to this, I am sure you also realize, well, of course I'm able to function in a new and happy place. I just don't know how to get there. Okay, we can work with that. Just know that the place exists and that you'd like to go there. You'd like to feel happier. You would like to be healed. You would like to not be thinking about the pain, the past, all the things that were done and said or not done and not said, whatever. You want to move forward. You either want to live in the past or you want to live in the future. Okay, so you choose. It's where are you every day? What are you thinking about every single day? What goes through your mind when you're sitting at a red light or when you're about to fall asleep or when the kids just leave for school and the house is quiet for 10 minutes until you leave for work or whatever, those gap times, where does your mind automatically go? And I think I know the answer. It tends to go to the pain. You, you just start thinking about either a text you got or something that was said or something that happened or that the house is quiet and you're alone, whatever it is. Remind yourself, whoa, there I go again, living in the past, living in the pain. I choose the future. I choose happy. What is one happy thought I can have right now? What is one happy thing I can do right now? What's up? Who is someone I can call to make me feel a little better right now or distract me from the pain? When we go through this, yes, we need to heal the traumas and, and the, the reason for the pain. 
But in order to heal, to heal, we have to be willing to let go of it as well. When I work with my clients in coaching sessions, I always start off our relationship, so I'm going to do the same with you and tell you I'm not a therapist. It is not my job to dive into your childhood or your past and really sit and analyze exactly where the pain or the trauma um, came from. However, when I work with my clients, we dip back. We dip. We dip into the pain for a moment and I ask them things like, what are some recurring patterns that tend to show up? What are some recurring themes around the pain? What are some of the things you keep saying to yourself or wondering about or asking about? And so we start working through those questions. We start to find the truth in them or rather the lack of truth in those painful thoughts. And then we turn our gaze forward and we start looking at the future. How can we change that narrative and how can we start living that narrative? How can we distract ourselves every single day away from the pain and start building a happy future? We have to focus away from the pain. So let's talk a little bit about how this can show up in a new relationship. And that was another sort of question that came up in my Facebook group. And yes, you know how I love to bring these questions and these concerns to you because I believe if they show up there, then they're probably showing up for you as well. When we're considering getting into a new relationship, or maybe you're just dipping your toe in the dating pool and you're going on some dates, or maybe you have been fortunate enough to meet someone really special and you're spending time together and you are worrying, just like this lady in my Facebook group, about these these thoughts of, or rather the fear around that this person is going to hurt you. So her fear was that because of the pain she'd suffered before, she was so worried this was going to happen again. She feels that she's jeopardizing this new relationship, that she could potentially ruin it, that she could do something or be so, you know, untrusting, I guess. I don't even know if that's a word, but anyway, you know what I mean, Um, that it would somehow ruin this relationship. And the, the responses to her concern, some of the responses were, well, you're obviously not healed yet. And that's not necessarily true. There's the, Obviously, there's some healing left to be done. That doesn't mean she's not ready to get into a relationship. I don't believe that we're able to open our heart at all to someone if we are not ready. Um, however, I think she still probably needs to do a little work around trust. And it's not actually about him. It's about her. When we have been betrayed in previous relationships, we tend to, the focus tends to be entirely on that this person betrayed you and therefore all people or all men, for example, um, it's just an example for those of men who are, might be listening to this. I know it goes the other way as well. But it, in her case, the, the narrative is kind of like all men cheat. My, my ex-husband cheated, so therefore all men cheat. That's kind of where we tend to go. And of course, that's not true. There's lots of good guys out there who don't do that. Here's what I want you to think about. If you're about to enter into a new relationship, or maybe you're already in one, or you want to start dating, whatever, become aware of your relationship patterns from the past. You know, have you had ex-boyfriends, now your ex-partner, ex-husband, Uh, Maybe even you see this in friendships. This might even be a pattern as far back as childhood. A pattern of 
behavior in relationships. So this could be patterns of what you tolerate, how people generally speaking treat you. So I want you to take a look at that pattern. The most important work that you can do when going into new relationships from bad relationships is to make sure that you know your pattern so that you can break it. And the second thing is to learn to trust yourself. When you trust yourself, then you can trust your judgment. You can also trust yourself to put boundaries in place, to love yourself, to choose well for yourself. There are no guarantees in this world. If you choose to get into a new relationship, something could happen where you get hurt again. It could be anything, by the way. Yes, this person could cheat. This person could also suddenly have an aneurysm and die. Like, I'm not trying to be morbid or awful here, but anything could happen where you could end up crying and in pain again. There's no guarantees in life. The one thing that you can um, rely on is yourself. And so you can promise yourself, for example, this is what I did. I will never again tolerate this behavior and this behavior. I will never stand for someone talking to me or treating me this way. I promise myself that if I see that kind of behavior, I will leave the relationship myself. I'm not going to wait until something bad or worse or repeated happens. So yes, there might be a period of you know, oh no, here I am in a relationship that again is not good, but you know what? I'm just going to go then. I'm going to leave before this carries on for too long. The truth is that in most relationships, if there's something not right and this person is not right for you, is not sincere, the red flags show up early. It is our ability to see them and like be honest about them that you know, no one's perfect and not everybody, anyone has to be perfect. It's not about that. It's about, oh, the hairs of the back of my neck kind of stood up when he said that or when she said that. Is it a red flag or is it a trigger? And by the way, there's another podcast episode on exactly this way back. Um, red flags versus triggers. Red flags are yours. Sorry, red flags are theirs and triggers are yours. But anyway, as you're with someone you need to pay attention to the things that happen or are said in the early days. It tells you who they are. Remember that you will see the very best of them in the first weeks and months that you date. If there is behavior, there is, for example, modes of communication, um, how quickly they respond to you, how caring they are when you're having a bad day, you know, any of those things that would be important in a longer term relationship, you'll see how they show up in the early days. Pay attention to the things that don't feel good, that don't feel right. And ask yourself, is this a behavior pattern of theirs that isn't good for me? Or is this me that's being fearful? Which is what this lady in the Facebook group was essentially asking us today. It's a really good question and it's an important one. And if you are honoring yourself and the work you need to do on yourself and your healing, and you've learned to trust yourself, you will actually be able to answer that question quite quickly and you will act accordingly. You might have to walk away from a relationship that seems good. You know, it's like 70% good, but the 30% that's not good is triggering and it's problematic. If it's problematic in the first weeks or months, it's going to be catastrophic later on. It's just this. So do not settle. Promise yourself you won't settle. 
if you trust yourself and you are willing to let go of someone who seems okay and that you would rather be alone than be with someone who's not good for you, then you don't have to worry about getting hurt again. You know, being in relationships, it can hurt sometimes, but the hurt is a lot smaller than what you're going through after a divorce. You know, you've had children together, perhaps. You've bought homes together. You've traveled. You've gone through stuff together, right, for, for years. That's a lot bigger to let go of than eight months of a fun kind of passionate dating relationship that just suddenly is not working anymore. It's, it's hard, but you can do it. And then you can open yourself up to something new. So the work that needs to be done when you're healing is to let go of the other pain, the old pain, but to first understand it. Why am I in pain? Do I have an abandonment wound? Do I have a rejection wound? Do I have um, fear of being alone? Do I feel like I'm unlovable, like no one will ever love me? Um, so understand the wound, okay? Understand where the pain is coming from, and then we can heal it. Once we know what it is, then we can work on it. Then we can see the behavior and how it shows up. We, you know, I can give you alternative narrative. We can work on learning to see things differently. Sometimes a change of perspective can be one of the most healing things you'll ever do. Just look at it differently. Think about it a little differently. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. Or that's exactly what it is. I can connect with that then there's hope and then there's healing. So I invite you to definitely understand your pain, but to stop making it the thing you think about the most every single day. Start talking and thinking about your healing. You know, when you phone your friends and they say things to you like, oh, hon, how are you doing today? And, you know, what's your ex been up to now? I used to get those phone calls all the time. And then you dive into the stories, right? Oh, you're not going to believe what, you know, what they did now and what they said. And oh my God, right? You dive into the stories or, or you can say, you know what? I'm actually having a good day today. So let's not talk about that. Let's talk about you today. Why don't you tell me what you're doing today? Or you could say something like, hey, let's make some plans. I need to, I need something to look forward to, something positive in my life. I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about it less just simply the act of shutting down that pain story and that pain conversation is healing, okay? So I hope this is starting to make sense to you where we wanna take the focus. What are some things? Here's a task for you. I love to give you things to do. So I want you to write down the theme of your pain, Okay, I, because like I said, we have to understand it. So write down the theme. Like, what do you tend to think on repeat? You know what it is. Like, it's the it's the thoughts that you can barely push out when you're alone. Alone in the car, alone in bed at night before you fall asleep. First thing in the morning when you got nothing to think about. What are you thinking about? What is the pain story? Like, just kind of put it in a sentence. Um, don't make it about what they're doing. Make it about how you're feeling. That's where you get the understanding from. It's not about like, well, my pain story is that my ex did this and this and this and this. And this. No, no, no. That's not what I'm looking for here. It's how do I feel when I wake up? What are the things that I say to myself? 
You know, you might be saying things like, why does my ex want to hurt me? Or what did I do wrong to deserve this? Or why is it that I don't get to meet someone who whatever? Like, what is the story or the narrative or the thing that you tell yourself on repeat? So write that down, my pain story, and put it in a sentence, all right? Just so that you know what it is. And then start writing down my healing story. What are some things that feel good? I feel good when I am with my girlfriend or when I'm on a beach or when I'm reading a book or when, um, I don't know, playing with my kids, cuddling with my dog. What are things that you like doing that feel good? The more time you think about and do the things that feel good, the better you'll feel. And that's your healing journey. As you start to spend more time feeling good, I want you to start thinking about where do I want to be? You know, how do I want to feel every single day? How do I want to live every single day? What are some things that I'd like to be doing every single day? And don't confuse this with like some kind of what's realistic because then you start talking yourself out of stuff right away. Just, I'd like to be planning trips. I would like to be in a new job that is fulfilling. I'd like to start my own business. That would make me feel really happy. I would like to do this kind of work. I would like to spend more time with my kids. I would like to spend more time with my friends. Whatever it is, start writing down all the things that you would like to be doing now that you're not going to be so busy thinking about and being in pain. You're going to have a lot of free time and a lot of free space inside of you. A lot of sort of vacant emotional space. How do you want to fill it? Do you want to fill it back up with the pain? Do you want to just pour that pain right back into your body? Or do you want to start filling it up with positive experiences, joyful feelings, fun, laughter, ease, flow, compassion, healing, right? Write these things down. If you haven't bought your joy journal yet, just happen to have a few copies behind me here. Um, So if you're on YouTube, you can see me showing them. But if not, you'll just have to take my word for it. But if you haven't bought the joy journal yet, it is an incredibly healing companion uh, on this journey. It is designed to help you with exactly the things that I've been talking about today. I have something else for you that I know would help tremendously. Um, I run retreats. Uh, Our very next retreat is happening March 2nd to 9th in Costa Rica. We meet there to heal, but more than anything, to celebrate healing, to really sit in a healed space. So when you think about the things that make you feel good, I would imagine things like sun and beach and warmth and friends and, you know, doing fun things are on that list. Well, all of that, of course, exists at a retreat in Costa Rica. There's something else, though. There's something that happens when you gather with women. It's really hard to explain. I've, I tried to explain it when I came home last year after our first retreat down there. I've run several retreats here in my home. But the one in Costa Rica was just something I can't explain. There was healing and growth and 
a shift that happened inside all of us, whether they came there to heal or just came there to be there. Every single one of us went home different, better. I don't mean that we became better. I mean that we had experienced a state of being that was better, that was higher vibing, that was joyful, easy. Um, Because of that, it was so easy for us to be together with these people we'd never met before. It was easy to exist in the space together, to enjoy our meals together, and to sit together in meditation, journaling, um, workshops, Reiki, whatever it is that calls to you. It all felt easy and joyful because when you remove yourself from all the stressors, you take yourself away from the things that trigger your memories of the pain, you actually get to take deeper breaths. You actually get to let go. And the capacity to embrace healing and to create space for that and to to spend time in a space of healing is just so huge and becomes so big that everything shifts for the better. So this is your formal invitation, if you haven't signed up already, to join us in Costa Rica this year. Now, we're going to a beautiful resort, and of course, I'm going to put the link below. Um, it's, a, it's a retreat center. It's small. It's th- we will be the only ones there. Um, so it's not like there's no noise from outside. It's just us. It's like hanging out at someone's beautiful home. It's so special. Food is great. The people who own it are great. The staff there are fabulous. And then there's us. We're about 10 minutes from the beach and the Pacific Ocean. Um, We will be doing sunset rituals, meditation, like I said, down there, like so many beautiful things. I want to mention that it, it is just over seven weeks until we leave. And for some of you, that might be too soon. But there is time I know there is because I think the last people that signed up last year was like three weeks three people signed up three weeks before the retreat and oh my god I'm so glad they came they added so much to the whole vibe of everything they were just meant to come it was obvious that they were meant to find their way to that and they were meant to be there so you will know as I'm talking about it whether you are meant to be there you'll feel it in your heart in addition to that we have another retreat coming up in Italy in June and Also, a similar experience at a gorgeous country home in the mountains of Italy. The region is called Umbria. We'll be very close to several ancient towns. You know, there's going to be wine tours and castles and other cool things. So, and again, though, still the, you know, the meditation, the yoga, the time together, the sisterhood, friendship, and all of those things. So... I want to formally invite you to join one of our Rising Moon Sisters retreats. That is what I call them. And you are so welcome to join us in that healing space. So with that, I'm going to sign off for today. I hope that you gain some insight or understanding or maybe the occasional aha moment here. I would so appreciate um, a review. If you did, I'd love to hear from you, even if it's something you don't like. I mean, it's just, it's good to hear from you so I know how this is hitting all of you. And um, 
Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me into your headset again today. Wishing you a beautiful day. Until next time.